Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Left Wing Back podcast. It's me once again, uh, Brian O'Donoghue here, filling in for Kev, who's a little bit under uh, the weather, and delighted to be joined once again by the uh, fabulously uh, handsome and brilliant uh, footballer, Mr. Paul Byrne, aka Fisher. Hello, sir. How's it going, Brian? How are things? Good. We had, uh, uh, we had a nice weekend on the football front, so... Uh, and um, as a little uh, private in-joke, Paul, uh, some things are better done twice anyway, you know. Um, <laughs> we, we, let's, let's not speak of it. Um, we're going to do something maybe a little bit different. Uh, maybe Kev has done it before, but that is we're going to start with the with the junior football, uh, the junior B football, ask it uh, top of their group and um, Rafili top of the other group in uh, the junior B but Aske, the team to beat there, and that's probably to be fully expected, uh, Paul. Yeah, and I think it is, obviously. We may have spoke before last week about, um, you know, Aske being a first team in it, and, um, you know, that does count for a lot because you've you've every guy, you know, uh, having to put in the effort to make the, make the first team uh, as opposed to maybe, you know, being happy enough to play on the second team and then some guys coming up. But you'd have to say ask a certain form team and the expectation would be that they'd, they'd win it. And I suppose at this point, um, you know, it's not that long ago, and you know, Aska were an intermediate team, and I think we, uh, you know, a lot of us would have had experience of playing against them at that level. And uh, you know, I'd, I'd expect that that's what's going to happen. I'd expect that they'll that they'll win that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have to give a shout out for your lads as well. The Clamore second team uh, finishing second in that group behind Aska. Any uh, secrets to the trade you can share with us there on that team? No, not really, but, uh, you know, I think obviously Tom Moore had a second team last year were, were junior C, um, mm-hmm. you know, looking looking up to win it and, and everything that goes with that. But I suppose, you know, if you're using your junior team to, to blood guys uh, and certainly the younger lads, it is uh, it is better to be um, maintaining your junior uh, B position um, and playing that slightly uh, higher standard. Uh, in order to give those those guys a bit of exposure to to adult football, so from that point of view, obviously Clamore have qualified for the quarterfinals, so they're uh, they're guaranteed to remain in uh, junior B at a minimum. So um, they'd be to be happy enough with that, I think. Yeah, to give people the the rundown then um, of the junior B championship. So Ask a top their group, Clamore in second, Banlerbana finished third, and Fenna on the bottom of that particular group one. In group two, Rafili on top uh, with a rogue second, Kildavan Clinical third and Pagnus Sound Gales um, on the bottom of that particular group. Uh, but uh, it's been a, an interesting Junior B Championship and a, a long way to go yet. There's a lot of football to be kicked there, so we'll be watching it uh, with, with keen uh, attention. To talk about the Junior A then, um, we've had some really tight... Uh, games in that championship. I suppose Kev has probably been the Junior A expert so far this year and I have to apologise to the teams that haven't got to a Junior A game yet. Um, but I suppose, would it be fair to say that between um, Fighting Cox and Lachlan Bridge, they're the two, two form teams maybe? Either one of those are the teams to beat? Yeah, I would think so. Obviously, Lachlan Bridge um, you know, had maybe a rocky enough start by their standards, um, put things right. Uh, had a good win against the Blues last weekend. Um, you'd expect, you know, given how well they performed last year as well, that they'd be in the uh, in the shake up there. Uh, obviously, the Cox have, uh, you know, managed to put in a few good performances. They've three wins out of three at this stage and, and straight to a semi final. Um, you would suspect this between the the two of them again, though. You know, you have a Blues team that is uh, still featuring there, and uh, if tradition counts for anything, uh, they'll certainly be. Um, competitive uh if not a bit more than that so uh and then obviously um after that then you you you, you have say mullins perhaps as well who probably have got to uh to the, the measure of the the big ball at this stage you know had a had a good win against ballon at the the weekend um and it'll be a tricky enough um team to face also so i think it's i think it's probably wide open and and you know ballon are obviously still there too but um yeah i think it's wide open it's 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 a very difficult grade to get out of and i think probably mentioned it before you know no matter what grade you find yourself kind of falling down into um there's no no guarantee about jumping back up and it's uh it's tricky enough to uh 
to, to get out of those grades. And um, I think um, a lot of the uh, a lot of the teams there um, certainly will be wanting as soon as possible uh, to take themselves up to the higher level. But it's a uh, it's a very competitive, very very competitive championship. I think it's testament as well to in fairness to Carlo GAA. You know, with the with the restructuring that was done uh, a, a number of years ago, um, it's now the case, I suppose, that you, you, there's more. The championships are more c- competitive, and um, you know, it, 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 there was a time where the junior A championship was almost uniquely contested by uh, club second teams. Whereas it, it's it's really good to see that. Um, and one of the things I always wondered years ago was you'd look at um, the All Ireland final, Kerry would be playing. Uh, Mayo or whoever it would be, and you'd look at the program and you'd see that Mike Frank Russell plays junior club football in Kerry. Now, I, I know they have different structures altogether, but when I was younger, I remember thinking at the time that, God, you'd, 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 other than maybe Johnny Kavanagh, you'd rarely see a, a, um, a player in Carlo who was junior, played junior club, because usually the junior, uh, the, when it got to junior, it was a, a club second team. And it's a uh, it's it, it's a it's a much better system now where you can have really um you can have really strong county players who yet yeah, they play at, at junior A level in their county but it makes the junior A grade then a far more a better spectacle to watch and a far more competitive championship would that be fair? Yeah, no, I think so. And sure, look at you know David Clifford as a junior player uh, up to up to this year. Um, you know, I, I you know I remember being talking to some guys and they were kind of. You know, saying God isn't it amazing? He's a how good he is, and you know he's a junior footballer. And, and I remember my comment back was intermediate footballers to sort that lad out. Um, but you know, <laughs> but you know, in fairness, as you if you go back over the years and you look at other counties, Mead was always a great hotbed of, of junior A footballers playing. You know, I think Ollie Murphy played with a junior club. I think you know when Mead were pretty good. Um, and you know, for guys like. As you say, like from Carlo, whatever we'd be reading that, and we thought it was amazing that there was a you know a junior footballer playing in a, a for a, for for a senior county team. Um, but now we look at the obviously the restructuring in Carlo, and you know most of the junior A clubs that have somebody uh, in on that panel are certainly very close to it, and it's 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 positive, very good. You mentioned that already. Did the St Mullins Ballon result surprise you at all? The nature of it, maybe. Ah, I suppose yeah, but to a degree, uh, you know, like we've probably all at some points over our lives at St Mullins. Uh, I know they've only resurrected football again uh, in recent years. Um, but look, it should you know, St Mullins guys, you know, they're athletes, uh, probably first and foremost hurlers, and that's and that's fine. But you know, outside of just getting you know the used to playing with the the big ball, like they've all the other attributes, which is you know. Athletic, competitive, big, strong, all of those type of things. So, you know, once they get a bit of time in with the uh, with the size five, I think they, uh, you know, they'd be as competitive as anybody. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't like to see any of the other teams trying to go the other way and suddenly pick up a hurl and a, and a sitter. I said there'd be lessons learned fairly quick. Um, the Junior A Football Championship, I said it to you at the start, the Fighting Cox and Lachlan Bridge looked like the foreign teams to beat. But we, we, we can't, I suppose, ignore the other side of the group, which is uh, Palatine have finished on top with, with Ballon in second and, and then St Mullins. You know, if, if you're the, the, the way the draw works now, so Lachlan Bridge play uh, St Mullins and, and Ballon play. Um, the Blues. Um, you, you wouldn't fancy calling any of those games, would you? No, I don't think you would. Um, who who is the fighting Cox? Is it? So, well, Cox are straight to the semi final, and Locksbury Lockton Bridge play St Mullins, and the Blues play uh, Ballon. Yeah, the Blues play Ballon. Like you know, Ballon. I would imagine they would have uh, certainly. You know, fancied themselves to get through the the knock to the knockout stages, which which now they've done. So, um, you know, job done there, um, and now it's probably time to kick on again. You know, they're playing uh, a very 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 difficult team. Um, I think you know, if you look at the teams that have gone straight through the semi final, but if you look at Palatine just as an example, like obviously they're they have other issues at the moment, probably more pressing in their own mind, which is yeah. to maintain to maintain senior status, but. As a club, um, you know they'll want to uh, go as far as they can in any championship they can still uh, progress in. Um, so there'll be no pushover in that junior A whatsoever. 
you can absolutely say that again. Um, to move on then to uh, intermediate, and I suppose to start with uh, the game that um, maybe wouldn't have caught the attention as much as expected, the grange uh, Michael game or the, the grange Navon game, I think was everyone as surprised as me at the the gap in the in the victory there for Grange. Uh, maybe the gap in the victory, but maybe not necessarily the result. I I, I had seen Grange um, on a couple of occasions, and I just felt I think we talked about it last week. Like they're they're capable of getting goals, and they're known for it. But um, you know, I just thought they, they they had enough guys on that pitch who had enough about them to maybe get over the get over the Michael um, the Michael game. Maybe not by quite as much. Um, but the result of itself didn't didn't necessarily surprise me. But maybe maybe the the, uh, the size of it. The Grange are whores to score goals, and that's uh, a phrase that gets said over and over again. I had in my match report about the the middle diamond they had was really effective to the night. So Killian Murphy at centre back, uh, Cahill Bailey and and uh, Phil Murphy uh, in midfield, and then Paddy Hickey at centre forward against Navon the other night. That that diamond was really the, the win in the game. Obviously, add in um, John Murphy's uh, scoring attributes and, and his freeze and all the things that he brings to any team, and then young Shane Cormack uh, kicking one too. Um, but that 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 middle diamond and, and those two uh, scoring forwards, you wouldn't and you couldn't um, dismiss Grange at, at this stage of the championship. They're still there, and a bit of momentum now could um, see them mount a serious challenge. Yeah, I think it can. I think, um, in fairness to them as well, obviously that diamond is quite strong. And, and you know, we talked with Shane uh, coming in with one, two. I think also they have the players to, if you like, go to plan B as and when they might want to go to plan B if it's not working out in terms of uh, moving through that diamond. You know, there's a lot of options with, you know, John Murphy and, and, and various others where maybe they can, you know, start to go long or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think... Um, I think they'll have a they'll have a big um, a big part to play uh, in it. They've uh, Balnebran, I think, next um, yep. in quarter final. Um, that'll be a tricky one to call, and I know we're not in the business of calling because it's uh, probably putting a hex putting a hex on teams. But um, I think that'll be that'll be that'll be a close one. Uh, that'll be a close one. I sort of probably fancy Grange for it, even though we're not uh, we're not going to pin ourselves to anything. Um, but again, I think, you know, we did talk about last week, you know, any team that's, that's able to get goals uh, and tag on a few points, um, they're very, very hard beaten. I think Grange are the epitome of that now at this stage, you know. 100%. I should mention as well, Alan Fleming and Ned Pender, uh, two outstanding games the other night in that Navon game. I have to talk about Navon. Your heart will go out to them. We know from the interview with Adam Kenny um, after the Clamore game that, you know, they're they're had a tragic beginning to the start of the season to start of the championship and that can't be easy for for any team despite all that you would have felt in a game where it was um you know moving it off the pot lads nave owen michael michael men it's one team you'd be saying there's going to be a sting in the tail there they will go down fighting and unfortunately that fight just wasn't there the other night Second half, they only kicked four frees from from Adam Kenny, who was you know doing his best. And it's you know it's no comment on the players. I'm I'm sure they wanted to win the game, but whatever bit of organisation is, is is lacking, um, it, it's a it's a problem that they're, they 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 had the night and and uh, Grange were val- uh, value for their win. Yeah, I think I think to be fair, you know, obviously the first game they had and they were coming into it, you know anything that had gone wrong sort of previously uh, went wrong and they were probably mm. not in shape in the first game uh, much improved I think uh, against Tom Moore uh, and I think you know last week I think he gave credit to not just the players but to Mick Bourne because he, he was he had he had gathered them to such a point that they they looked like they were going to have a say on the championship um, and I would imagine um, you know there was elements of maybe how they played in the first game um, that probably creeped into the other night as well. Like you, you know, you would have expected them to kick on to some degree because, you know, they had got going and they got used to uh, playing football and, and maybe things were, were uh, a bit of a better even keel for them. So I'd say that I'd say they're hugely disappointed uh, in as much as anything. But I, I also, you know, the, if there's anything about them, like they're, they're, they'd be very honest about, you know, maybe uh, where they felt it went wrong. And I know certainly. You know, be no more honest than Adam Kenny, who gave a very honest interview. Um, I think after the, the game, 
Um, so they, they'll, they'll be hugely disappointed, uh, I think. But having said that, um, you know, in terms of the rest of the championship, you know, who would be possibly better value going into quarterfinal, you know, you'd have to say Grange would be. Um, and just looking at the games so far, uh, that was, you know, the Grange against Clonmore, Grange against Tolo, and, and you know, Grange against Michael versus the three games that Michael had. Uh, I think the, the consistency was with Grange, you know, yeah. that bit more than it was with Michael. Yeah. And I suppose to um, move it over to the other side of the group, because of who they won't have to play now, is there a more eye-watering, mouth-watering local derby than um, the play the relegation playoff now between uh, Kilbride and, and Navon between uh, the, the, the Currys, the Twin Nolans who obviously hurled with Michel and, and, and kick ball with, with Kilbride. I know the two lads are, are, are not playing this year for injuries and, and that kind of thing but that's a, a mouth-watering relegation playoff and you know Kilbride have put in three very spirited performances Navon have put in, I suppose, three of whatever the opposite of, of that is. And do you end up in a, in a situation here where you have a, a team on somewhat of, with, with a little bit of momentum going? I know Kibari had three losses, but the, they were improving as the three games went on. Navon seems to be going the opposite direction. So Navon have the bigger pick. The panel there of, I had it in my hand a second ago. Where is it gone? They have a panel there of 33 players. Um, you know, Cabride have okay, according to the program, 29 that makes a liar out of me. But the, the ultimate point still stands it's an it's a mouthwatering relegation playoff for, for those two neighbors. Yeah, I think just um, in terms of the number of players that appear on on, uh, on programs, you know, I think clubs have a tendency list to list guys who, um, you know, maybe are out with injury and, and all of that yeah, as well. Of course, so yeah. the you know, had no, have no hope of featuring. So, you know, maybe Kilbride's twenty nine is is a little bit less than that, and, and maybe uh, Michael's are a bit less than that as well. Um, but having said that, you know, Kilbride. To be fair, I know we've talked about them before. You know, the, the they'll always show up. Um, they'll always have, you know, whether it's twenty guys or eighteen guys or twenty nine, as might be alluded to at the moment. Um, you know, they they'll they'll certainly be. Um, you know, they'll certainly do their best. There's no question about that. Um, and I think, you know, they haven't took any kind of a beat in any of the three games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. They're all relatively tight. Maybe I was probably somewhat surprised how tight that particular game was. Um, you know, was that down to Aero? You know, was that down to, to Kilbride? Hard to know because of the way results went subsequently. Um, because you'd be made a layer of exactly uh, in the same way as you mentioned before. Um, I think I just think maybe at this stage Kilbride probably feel, and I'd say you know anybody has watched them, they've probably given the better performances and the more consistent performances. But you can't you can't uh, discount Michael for all their attributes if they get it right on the day. They could they could win by. They could beat you by five or six points. You know what I mean? Like we've all played against them. Um, so it's hard to know. It's hard to know, but I think um, it's certainly mouthwatering. I suppose the, the the local nature to it um, does add to it. Um, and I think uh, look, at nobody likes playing in a relegation final. There's no question about that. Um, but they're treated as a final, and they're treated as you know, similar to any other final. You may go and win it, or uh, the repercussions. Um, uh, are significant and uh, the fallout and listening to everyone else giving out about you is significant as well. Um, so they'll, they'll all be anxious. They'll all be anxious to do well in that. But you know, I think you'd kind of say maybe Kilbride might have enough there. You know, assuming there's some kind of a curry folly WhatsApp group, I'd say it'll be fairly quiet now over the next period of time while while that fixture gets um, gets put together. Um, wanted to mention as well then back in the. Grange, Navon Group, your own side, Clamore and St. Pat's yesterday. Um, and uh, I suppose the idea crossed my mind to um, invite you down here. For those who are only tuning in, um, myself and Paul live about four or five fields uh, as the crow flies from each other. Because I was going to say, so why don't you come down here and um, or I'll go up to you, we'll do it in your front room or something. But when I tell you what I'm about to say, uh, I'm glad I didn't invite you down or, or go up there because 
three minutes before drawing yesterday in Netwatch Cullen Park, I said to Kevin that I felt Tullow were going to be Clamore by about six points. Now, I was completely... I talk about being like the opposite of what is correct. Uh, Clamore obviously uh, came out comfortable. Uh, victors in the end, six or seven points in it. Um, to give some context to that, I've seen Clamore against Navon and they just made such hard work of the victory. I, I couldn't see where uh, they were going to make such a, a difference so quickly. And I'd seen Tullo against Grange, where in a very tight, tense local derby, they stuck to their processes and their systems, whatever they are. And they were really, really impressive uh, for a lot of the game against Grange, even though Grange got a better start. So my my logic seemed right, but I couldn't have been more wrong. It was a blistering, blistering start from Clamore, and they were out of chops uh, brilliantly. Yeah, I think they were. Um, I think, obviously, going into the game, maybe uh, St. Pat's, maybe for the neutral, to some degree, would have probably felt that, um, you know, they had probably shown a bit more form thus far, particularly in the in, in, in the previous uh, previous round. Um, I had watched I had watched St. Pat's um, against Michael the first day, and in fairness, you know, Michael by their own admission, were, you know, very, very poor on that particular day. But... But yet, uh, in the first half, um, they had opportunity to, to, to penetrate um, St. Pat's to some degree. But the gap just got wider and wider. And look at, you know, St. Pat's kicked some lovely scores. But there's an element of you kind of saying, well, you know, they were kind of they were getting that far ahead. You know, yeah. you'd be yeah. maybe, trying, maybe trying things that maybe you wouldn't necessarily try in a tight game. Um so I'd say St. Pat's were certainly full of confidence, but I, th- I think the first half yesterday uh, from Tom Moore was as good as I had seen in, in considerable length of time. Uh, probably, you know, you know, there were was, was some very good games in the in the in the Leinster Club Championship um, last year that that the Tom Moore played and played with that kind of element of you know swagger to some degree, but organised as well. So there was a kind of a decent decent balance to that. But I thought yesterday, uh, certainly for the first half. Um, the intensity, uh, particularly in the tackle, the turnover and the counter-attack was just fairly impressive. Um, and I think they've, you know, they've certainly put themselves up in lights to some degree uh, as a result. Um, but I suppose the other side of it is, you know, um, five points up at half time. We're getting away from, from St. Pat's um, as much as possible. But, you know, St. Pat's were... You know, still in with a shout there with, you know, 10, 15 minutes to go. I think they, they brought it back to probably a point or two. I think the effort of kind of bringing it back to a point or two kind of proved a little bit too much to them. But Clamore seemed to be always in control, always in control to some degree. And, uh, yeah, I think it was I think it was, like it was definitely the best performance of the championship for Clamore. No question. There's no doubt about that. Some great workhorses in the likes of Tom Pollard and stand-up performers like Shane Murphy as well. Have to mention, um, the name escaped me now. Connolly, the uh, Karma Connolly and Ushin Dial, who were in a place of uh, Croc Mulvaney, uh, Dave Mulvaney, and Con Murphy. Now, Dave Mulvaney and Con Murphy are two of the most experienced men uh, Clamore had. I think David maybe picked up a knock in the Navon game, uh, and Con Murphy is the ideal, uh, especially at, at intermediate level, he's the ideal, um. I suppose versatile man in terms of you can start him and he's he brings all that experience into a game and he can he can get you a couple of scores especially when if, if things are are tight he can also bring him in with a few minutes to go when you need ball to stay up the far end of the field and have a, an experienced cam head up there so uh, I was interested to see Clamore I suppose putting into younger guys in a game to, to go top the group. But that little bit of injection of youth, it really paid off. And Ushin Dial in particular um, seems to be brimming with confidence. His his point in the in the first half uh, down towards the scoreboard end was like one of the scores of the game. Um, where are you pulling these guys from? Uh, well, to be fair, Ushin was you know sort of always there, but he he, he was struggling a little bit with with hamstring injuries and stuff, so didn't probably feature or get as many minutes as uh, he would have liked. You know, played very little in the. In the league, uh, you know, was obviously probably a definite starter for the Carlo Twenties. Couldn't play any game uh, in the in the championship because of it. Has been sort of niggling at him, but he seems to have uh, got it right now. So, you know, whatever Oshina do on the field, 
doesn't necessarily come as a surprise to us because we've kind of seen it. Obviously, you know, he's a left-footed kicker, he's a right-footed kicker, he's, you know, extremely fit, he's very fast, he, he has all, all those attributes. Um, in fairness to Cormac, um, you know, Cormac is, is you know, he's, he's not necessarily the youngest on it. I, I'd say the brother probably is, uh, Owen, maybe more so, who put in a huge shift as well. Um, mm. His work rate is exceptional, but, you know, Cormac is, you know, extremely, extremely steady. Um, again, he, uh, he he picked up a, a, a very bad injury um, last year, so um, the, the recovery there was something in the region of you know nine or ten months or maybe more. So um, he's only coming right in the last while. So he's you know he he Cormac could be starting you know in, in a lot of people's minds anyway. So it wasn't that he was just sprung. He was uh, he was there. But look at we all know at this stage like football is no longer a 15 man sport like mm-hmm. it's yeah. 20, 23 24 lads you know so yeah. no never was a true word spoken I, I'm going to blame COVID and uh, uh, getting married for missing uh, the, the uprising of uh, Conor Connolly and um, and Oisin Dyle they were brilliant yesterday um, Clamore didn't score for, for 20 minutes um, in, the, in the second half Tullo I suppose had to have a proper patch at some stage um, but I get the impression from you you wouldn't be overly concerned with that 20-minute scoring gap. No, not particularly, I suppose. Uh, I think they, they, they were still creating chances in that 20 minutes. I think they did a couple of wides and, you know, maybe a couple of things broke down in the uh, in the same paths, um, you know, within the same path uh, forward line. Um, sorry, within the same back line, uh, our own forward line. Um, but uh, look at, you know, that happens. Uh, it, it happens us regularly enough, to be honest, that there's periods where we don't score. But during that period, you're doing other things. You're doing other things and you're doing the big six and you're turning over ball. I thought our, thought our cornerbacks during that period were, were, were very, very good. Um, you know, there was still guys, you know, the guys that we mentioned previously there in terms of work rate, still coming back, still carrying the ball. Um, in fairness to St. Pat's, you know, purple patch, yes, uh, everybody gets them, but you have to create your own purple patches too. Um, and you have to put on. And, and in fairness, they you know they introduced one or two lads. I thought you know David Orbinski came in and he he generated a bit of pace into it. He generated a good bit of pace into it actually, um, you know, and, and, and a bit of that. Um, you know, maybe they, they were slightly unlucky with a you know a couple of things during that period as well. They might have got even closer than the one point. Um, you know, they they, they uh, you know they they might be somewhat disappointed themselves because they were probably going into that game you know believing they were. Perhaps going to, to turn Tom more over, um, but I think um, you know they they still have a bit about them. Um, yeah. They you know then they they score some excellent scores. You know Jack Jacko kicks some great frees. I think Brian Bourne got an exceptional free down on the right hand side. Um, you know they you know they're still a very very good team, and I think they'll uh, they they'll be featuring at some point. Um, Further on, uh, and perhaps even featuring against Clamore further on. So, and there was something I don't know. Whatever Clamore had yesterday in, in Network Cullen Park, um, it was the one ingredient Tolo didn't have. Um, they were just very, very stuck and, and rigid in those first five ten minutes, and it let Clamore uh, just get into it. What turned out to be an unassailable uh, lead in the end. Um, you would still have to say that. Uh, Pats or Tullo will have a huge say in the remainder of this championship. If I had a criticism of Tullo, um, well, I, I suppose one realistic thing, which is that they're, they're obviously a very young side. I am from looking at the program here from the starting 15 from yesterday, I think only James Tobin and Shane Rowan are in their 30s. And I was starting to be corrected on that, but there, there aren't much more than that in, in that starting 15. Um, and every, rest, the rest of them are all, you know, young, confident uh, guys. And while that's in no way intended to be a, a criticism, Clamore had the opposite, where they can bring in an Owen Coleman, bring in a Con Murphy, and that that older, calmer head when things are, you know, in, in the metal pot, in the melting pot. If I had a criticism of, of Toto and a it would be that sometimes they seem to be more preoccupied with making sure the pass looks great instead of just making sure the pass gets to where it's going to go. And it, it can probably be a fine line. And um, there's some really, really stylish uh, footballers that you, you wouldn't mind paying the interest fee to watch. But I just wonder, 
especially in a game where you're trying to top the group, was it maybe time to leave aside some of the 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 flair and and go for some of the the, the nitty gritty and, and and try and and grind out a result? Easy to say that now in hindsight, but I don't know your your thoughts on that kind of. Yeah, I I don't know. Like to be honest, we all love seeing flair. To work really in football, and you know, I don't really believe that any club should sort of try and stifle that and have guys maybe playing uh, in a system that maybe doesn't necessarily suit them. You know, we're we're well used to systems in Carlo, and we're well used to you know uh, looking at it and saying, "My, um, that was that was a tough watch." Uh, albeit it might yield results, um, it may not be it may not be entertaining. Um, the thing about the thing about you know the the flare pass or whatever, you know, nine times out of ten, you know, it comes off for these guys because that's that's their makeup. That's what they do. And and when it doesn't, you know, everyone is criticizing and wondering, you know, why does he constantly bend it with the outside of the foot? And particularly the traditionalists will, you know, will believe that that's not a way you should be kicking a ball and all that kind of stuff. Um I think if you take it out of them, what are you left with? That that's that's your problem. You know, what are you left with if you if you push them into something different. Um, but having said that, you know, having watched uh, St. Pat's in the previous games, like I found them entertaining to watch, you know, I looking at them, you know, it was, you know, it was running, it was fast, it was the cross field pass, it was the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the TJ, you know, kicking lovely points and jinking and, you know, all of that. Type doesn't of doesn't from TJ doing that. have a fabulous uh, strike of a ball? It, it looks uh, like the most natural thing in the world. He just... I don't know what I don't know how to describe it. Even it's just a lovely, natural footballing uh, strike or punt or whatever you want to call it. And I tell you who impresses me in, in midfield: Will Dorn. Um, Tolo didn't use him enough yesterday. At, at a crucial time in the second half, he made a really good run forward. I think he put the ball over the bar himself. But he's a really, really direct, uh, powerful runner, and that's something that they can probably utilize going into the uh, quarterfinal now uh, next week. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think so. I think um, you know they'll, you know they might feel that uh, you know that they could have performed a bit better based on where they were coming into yesterday. You know, are they as good as Clonmore? I think yesterday suggests that you know maybe there is uh, a slight, a, a little bit of a gap. Uh, I think you know Clonmore on their day, which and yesterday looked like their day, uh, certainly looked uh, the more impressive team and seemed to have more in the tank uh, than. Pats had, um, but you know, will St. Pat's progress from the quarter final? And you know, we're not we're not going to make predictions. Uh, but having said, you know, I'd say they they themselves certainly will be confident enough of doing so. And to look at the other side of the intermediate, then um, with Banabrana, Erog, Kildavan, and we already mentioned Kilbride. Were you surprised to see uh, Kildavan get over the line against Airog, or what were your thoughts there? Well, you would really, because I suppose you know Airog uh, in the previous game, like obviously in the first game against Kilbride, the scoreline was 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 um, was low enough, and you know you were kind of going, you know maybe maybe Kilbride or you know put it up to them or were Airog maybe uh, under par or whatever. Um, the only time I had seen Aero previously uh, at this level uh, this year was in a league final, a Division 2 final against Tom Moore, which they won, and they looked, you know, decent enough. Um, now they might have, a couple of guys may have progressed to the senior team or whatever, but, you know, it's still Aero, you know, there's, you know, the, the, they've, they've enough guys there to put out three teams, you know, so yeah. it's, 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 not, it's not a case that losing three or four has a, has a big effect on them. Um, so in the second game then, you know, you kind of felt that, they seem to have got it right because they they, they had a you know a, a win uh, there. So I think the Kildavan result was probably yeah definitely a bit of a bit of a surprise. Um, so you kind of at this stage don't know where you are with them to be honest. I haven't a clue. And uh, so I, I've, I've actually managed. I'm only realising this now. I've actually seen every team in the intermediate championship playing out this year, and. I suppose, unfortunately, from for Airog, the only game I seen was that game against Cabride. Now it was a wet, dewy kind of a Sunday early afternoon game, first round of the championship, uh, out in Tyrrelland, and for whatever reason, the game just never got going. And Airog were as professional as I suppose as they could be, and 
uh, for long periods of the second half, they had to throw the ball around, um, trying to draw Kilbrega. He's out of, out of a, a fairly tight defence to try and orchestrate a score. And they did, what, they did what they had to do. But I certainly didn't see them going on then to um, beat Balnebrana because I'd seen mm-hmm. Balnebrana take on Kildavin and I was impressed by them. And I, I, could, I would have fancied Kildavin in, in that Balnebrana game. So it's just testament, I suppose, to how competitive this intermediate championship is. Dara said it to me in an interview after the Cabrera game the other evening that, uh, as far as he's concerned, the intermediate championship is the best championship in Carlo if you want competitiveness and anyone can be anyone on, on any given day. Um, the quarterfinals in the intermediate now see um, Balnebrana will play Grange and St. Pat's will play Kildavin Clinigal. Very similar to the junior fish, you wouldn't be wanting to part with your money there to, to back anybody, would you? No, you wouldn't, but um, they're going to be two very entertaining, I suspect, and competitive matches. And uh, I would imagine that uh, uh, anybody involved in the semi-final will be over there watching them um, and certainly taking note of what's going on. Um, it's Look, at, to be quite honest, we've kind of talked about some teams maybe having one maybe below par game within the group stages and yet, you know, find themselves progressing. Um, like obviously a below par game is, is 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 not what you want. But having said that, if you're gonna have one, you might as well have it in the group stages. Um so it's almost a thing of, you know, who clicks on the day here. Um yeah. you know, I you wouldn't call them and look at it, it's not our place to call them either because um that, that's for somebody because- else. You do what I did and say someone's going to win by six points and be made an absolute fool of within uh, an hour. Um, and compared to ask you this, um, you know, when Kibride played Balnebrana the other night, there was a moment near the end where Stephen Curry uh, dived towards the ball with the, with the uh, two fists stretched out, connected with the ball, just didn't get probably enough of a, a strike on it to, to, to hit said to uh, send this in the back of the net, but had had Cabrera actually got over Balnebrana, we we would we were looking at a totally different makeup now of of how that uh, group finished, and uh, we can't say it enough that it's such a, it was such a tight uh, intermediate championship that um, you wouldn't put it past any one of the uh, six teams that are left um, to to go on and and and, and win the championship. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, absolutely not. And I think to be fair as well, though, even coming into the championship, uh, obviously there's eight teams starting out. Um, you know, people might have a you know a view of who they think might be you know there or thereabouts. But nobody, I think, I don't think anybody would be um, you know nailing on their predictions. Uh, everybody feared everybody, um, and probably continue to fear everybody. Um, but I think we did mention it before. Um, the makeup of the championships in Carlo, whether it's senior or intermediate, whatever, you know, the fact that you have three games, um, as opposed to in some counties, you might have four or five games, depending on the numbers, or even even more than that, uh, six games. Um, you know, it's a very, very thin line between getting through to a quarterfinal or even directly to a semi final and actually being in a relegation final. Uh, is there, the margins are just so tight uh, and you look at the score lines and you look at you know we talked about Kilbride and that but and you look at the score lines and, and they'll probably look back at games and say well you know we probably could have got over the line but for this happened and there was a you know a turnover ball or whatever and that's how tight it is so you know there is an element of look too uh, attached to these games uh, no question mm-hmm. about it um, but it seems as we get through it now you know onto the knockout stages it's almost about the team that is more economical, let's just say, when they are they have their periods of possession and or have less mistakes than the other team as opposed to anything else because there's very little between them. 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, so I think I've already done it, but just to wrap up the intermediate then, so Balnebrana uh, will play Grange and Kildavin uh, play Tullo in the quarterfinals with A-Rogue and Clamore awaiting. Um, obviously, it'll be a, a, a draw to see who uh, plays in the semi-final then. So, all to play for in the intermediate. And we move on then um, to the senior championship. Um, interestingly, I don't know if many people realise this, but at halftime in the games yesterday between Rafili and O'Loughlin and Pal and Aerog. At halftime, 
as it stood, a rogue were going to uh, top the table. Um, O'Loughlin were going to finish in second. Rafili were third, and and Pal would have been still in the in the relegation playoff. Um, it was that group at the start of the year was was titled the group of death, and it has it has turned out to be the case because the county champions uh, are now in a in a relegation battle. And if I said that to you at the start of the year, you would have rightly laughed. Yeah, rightly so. And I suppose to be fair, again, it's back to the, the tight margins and it's back to the structure as well. You know, you have three games, you don't have much margin for error. And particularly in that group, um, look at how competitive it is. You look at the four teams, you look at the standard uh, in it as well. You know, it is, it is, you know, you know there's nothing, there's no quarter given, let's say. Uh, there's a bit left in every tackle. There's, you know, all of those really good and positive things you expect to see in senior football. Um you know, would you have said Palatine will be in the, the relegation? No. Um, having said that, um, they're in it because, you know, they just haven't performed. Um, you know, there'd be nobody more disappointed than themselves in that regard. You know, there'd be a huge, uh, a huge amount of talent out there and, you know, at all levels and grades, um, you know, and it's obviously, a, you know, a big and ever-growing club, but... You know, you're there for a reason, and you're there because you didn't perform on the field. And, and and while nobody would have predicted Palatine ended up ending up down there, based on results over the last couple of years, there were people who would have felt, based on obviously Pal being the county champions, um, a rogue uh, having recently won four in a row, Rafili having won the championship in 2021, the 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 odd one out at the start of the year looked like O'Loughlin. And now, yeah. when you factor in the the performance they put in against Palatine, and uh, how close they pushed, had they maybe and one more forward or, or half a forward, uh, I don't know um, if, if Rafaeli would have uh, gotten over the line last night. And it just goes to show that you write off O'Loughlin uh, at, at your peril. They had a point to prove against Palatine, and they damn near proved it on the double yesterday. Yeah, look, I would imagine people who maybe didn't keep much of an eye on O'Loughlin in advance of the championship uh, would certainly have been looking at the, the three big guns and said, you know, O'Loughlin will need something special. Um, but I have to say, I thought the first half performance yesterday was as special as I had seen. Now, obviously, that game, there was you know, there was mistakes on both sides that, you know, the purists might be saying, you know, there was... Uh, things happening and various bits and bobs that maybe um, you know contributed to it, but as a spectacle and certainly as a neutral, um, I thought it was brilliant. I thought I thought the uh, I thought the intensity that Old Auckland brought and just the sheer the sheer willingness to just keep going forward in the first half was just. I thought their midfield was doing really well, which which is kind of a contradiction because. Uh, Ian Atkinson and Dave Bambrick were doing excellently. Atkinson was carrying ball, but yet on the flip side, Brendan Murphy was probably Raffili's man to match in the first half, and all those guys were in the same cluster. Um, he, you know, kicking a few points and keeping them keeping them in touch. Obviously, if you know you have Aaron Armand and Cahill Coughlin and, and Seamus Kinslan, you know they they were as good as I'd say it was as good as a half they probably put in the whole year themselves. Even and said they probably they probably realised that too. You know. You mentioned those two lads there, Seamus Kinsley, who's on the go a long time, and, and Kyle Coughlin. Some of their efforts in the first half were proper worldly kicks. Like, you know, if you if you were a Raffley defender, you were saying, you know, I haven't go outside, or we we've met, we have we have men over. You know, you'd be happy enough to let lads shoot from where they were shooting from. But they they wound back the clock in that first half, and some of the kicking was sublime. And then you said it yourself. Um, Brendan, then he kicked five points from play, I think, in total. I think every one of them were nearly outside the, the 45-metre line. The display of kicking in the game overall was, uh, was was tremendous to see. And it was, uh, I suppose, a, a proper senior game of football, wasn't it? I was. At, uh, you know, it's, like, if a defender, you know, is marking some of those guys that are kicking the ball from 45 yards over the bar, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. You know, you've probably done you probably turned him inside out three or four times and he's kicked that over the bar. That's fine. You know, as a defender or as a as a manager, what you don't want is somebody giving away a cheap score. So like your 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 goal is really to make them kick from there. Um and if they're able to do it, you know, your the hat's off to them. I think both sides were doing it. I thought as well in the uh, in, in that game, I thought Ty Roach was exceptional. 
Um, you know, not the biggest, strongest, tallest lad. Although I, I, I'm not saying he, he I certainly he displayed an awful lot of strength going forward. He's very, very hard to knock off the ball. He, you know, guys were as I said, leaving a bit in to tackle, uh, and he was still able to drive on. Um, obviously, obviously got on the end of uh, of an attack and got a goal, but. Um, you know, he. I thought he was. He, he was exceptional. I think in the second half, I suppose. I suppose O'Loughlin, you know, probably would have felt um, that maybe there should have been a bit more of a gap between them and Rafferty because of the, mm. the maybe possession they had in good areas. Uh, I think Rafferty, Rafferty then started to to some degree, I suppose. Um, you know, knuckle down and start to grind it, and they sort of ground through the gears without doing anything too exceptional. Um, you know, Colin Bourne was run out of the back line, you know, Brendan, as you say, was 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 kicking things. I have to give great credit to, to, to the Breuer. I thought Alan Kelly uh put in great kicks kicked a couple of great scores. Um so that balance of, of sort of youth and uh, maybe not so young was 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 pretty good. Uh full, full credit to the to the Raffili uh, management and line, you know, they lobbed in three subs, you know, at half time, I think it was half time, um, you know, as opposed to one Trickle that's three games in a row here. They've done that now. Um, usually, what, you, what we're used to seeing is where a team maybe runs in one fella, maybe half or two to the second half, and and then with five minutes to go, there's two and three lads going in, and it's usually not enough time to make a difference if it's a, if it's a difference you're trying to make. Um, your thoughts on making three subs at once early in the game more so than leaving until half or two to the second half? Oh, well, I think it's a good idea. Like, it's not that long ago, three subs was the maximum we could make in GA, you know. Well, I've got five, so, like, it, you know, on a percentage-wise, you know, letting in three, you still have two left. Uh, it's like letting in one in the older, older days, I suppose, when you had three. Um, but I, I think it's a pretty good idea. Um, obviously, if a guy, if it's not working out for him, for whatever reason, and guys that get taken off, you know, you know, it's just not their day. Them guys come out the next day and you know blow blow everybody away. Um, but I think it's 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 an excellent idea. It it, it kind of it shakes up the t the the rest of the twelve that are there because they're kind of going. You know, the boys are not afraid to act. They're not afraid to take three at a time. And you know, they might lob two in the next time, and it might be me. So you're open you're open your game a little bit. But the but the other side of it is you know, it, like obviously the first half was very intense, uh, very tough hitting lot an awful lot of running like if you have three lads to come in at half time who are you know well capable of playing at that standard um like they're bringing an energy to it they probably 20 30 percent more energy than the guys who you know went off at half time and had the had the and came back out they're starting to stiffen up uh, and i think it worked very well uh for Philly. i think it, it certainly worked in their favor yesterday and i suppose it, it did bring on the other guys like um um, the, the middle of the field there, um, Connor. Connor Doyle. Doyle, I thought Connor really came into it as well in the second half. Um, for whatever reason, you know, he he kicked the uh, kicked the obviously uh, what ended up to be a winning point near the end. Um, but it it did bring on other lads. I, I certainly thought yeah. it brought on other lads. Um, which which was which was a help. But having said that, we could well, Auckland will probably feel they could have got a draw there near the end, but for you know. Yeah. Um, you know, not having a bit, a bit of composure or something like that. So, what we do this game? Hmm? Yeah, to finish on this game, and then to, we'll go to the other group as well. Um, I'm going to contradict myself. I said that it was a proper senior game, uh, uh, proper senior football game, a few minutes ago. If I told you that there was 22 wide balls kicked in, in that game the other night, uh, you'd, you'd like. 14 for Raffili, 8 for O'Loughlin. Raffili dropped 3 short uh, in on the keeper's chest. That's If you take the 17 scoring chances plus the 15 point, uh, points they scored, um, you lost 32 shots uh, on goal. And, you know, I'm sure if you're JJ Smith or, or uh, Kevin Byrne, looking back at that, you're going to say, lads, the, the, um, while 15 points is decent scoring, the, the, uh, the economics of that don't really make sense. Compared to a slightly better... Um, performance from Malachlan in the sense that they had uh, 12 shots where they scored uh, and then um, eight wide, it, it was far more, maybe the argument is, Fish, that they had to be more economical, such was their um, the way their, their team is made up and with their uh, like their, their kind of 
a lot of reliance on, on Cochrane and, and Kinsella up front. But look, we've talked enough about the referee game. The last thing I mentioned on it is um, Aaron Almond has a, a, a gripe and a, a very reasonable gripe where um, um, O'Loughlin were awarded a free near the end and one referee lads ballooned the ball away and uh, Patrick Murphy, the ref, um, moved the ball up. Now, it was supposed to be 13 metres. I'd say he moved it six and it was it was almost no advantage. It it it, it teased Am Leifeld into having a, a shot at goal from a, a long way out, 40, maybe six, 47 metres. And if he'd actually moved it up, the 13 metres were supposed to be, um, they may have had a chance to, to, to level the game. But Philly will say, uh, surely Brandon um, Kelly was fouled uh, going in near the end. And then the incident with Brendan where he ended up on, on the ground and there was two lads over with what I'm told were, were closed fist tackles and apparently nothing was seen. So maybe in, in on balance, lads will say uh, all's fair. But you know what? I won't even... We won't even go well, I won't get into the you know the Brendan incident or 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 uh, you know Brandon's or whatever. But Patrick referee has he saw fit and look at that's fine and maybe things were let go they shouldn't have been let go and all that kind of thing. But on that particular moment uh, where he might have had a gripe in relation to the uh, the free, uh, the ball was actually blown away twice in that particular incident before he got the. Free. So, <laughs> in fairness to him, I'm not sure you're allowed 26 yards, but he probably. <laughs> we, 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 we may get James Foley or, or, or Marion Hayden or someone on. I think, from memory, ref can move it up twice, and after that, on the third time, it's the yellow card or something. Um, looking at the other side, or, or the, the other game in that group, Pal and Aerog, um, I felt there had to be a sting in the tail of Pal that the you know a, 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 um do or die battle uh, against Aero one of their old enemies down in Fenne. I thought everything about that game was kind of waiting in, in in Pal's favor, and in, in the end it was a, a poor return, one eleven to six points. Did that, did that surprise you? Uh, I it did. It, well, the margin of victory certainly surprised me. You know, like obviously. You know, uh, playing your rogue, um, you know, you're probably never really the favourite, um, to be honest. Um, but I think the margin of victory did surprise me. I thought, I mean, we talked about it last week, I thought the fact that, that it was in Fenna, you know, probably gave Pal a little bit of an advantage, um, maybe out of maybe out of Dr. Cullen um, or Netwatch Cullen. Um, but I think, you know, Pal will be, will be hugely disappointed, I would imagine, with that performance. And it, it puts them into a relegation battle now with um, Fenne. But before we move away from Airog, and I, I think I've said this to you kind of off, um, off camera or maybe in the in the false start, shall we say? But um, you know, an Airog team who probably haven't been firing all cylinders yet with a, a fit Jordan Morrissey potentially back now are a very very dangerous outfit when nobody seems to be uh, talking about them. And um, you take it, and the Lockton team now who have put Pal to the sword um, were extremely impressive uh, against Red Philly, scored two great goals against their rogue, uh, extremely dangerous as well. Before we move over to the other side of the group, the, the three teams emerging from this group, the, the Red Philly, Airog, and Lockton, um, will still have a lot to say in the, in the rest of the championship. Yeah, but look at like you're down to the three teams from that group who who put in the three performances. So, you know, that's, that's a simple fact. There's no real hard luck story in that. Um, you know, they, they were the three teams that put in the three performances. So they're there. Look at Aero as championship football progresses, you know, always improve. There's no question about that. And um, they always improve. Are they, you know, are they to the level in which they'll win a championship? We don't know. Um, would you, would you be, Fearful of them if you were playing them. None of those teams are fearful of each other. They know each other well. They're all, you know, adult. Uh, they're well able for it. Um, but would would you, on the other hand, be thinking, we'll take these handy enough? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And in the same way that I was saying about, you know, at halftime in the, in the game yesterday, Rogue were actually going to go through on, t- on, t- on top of the group. If we cast our memory back to the first round of the championship, there was a moment in the Rafferty Pal game where Conor Lawler was what looked like through on goal. Uh, it was a long 
it was a good bit out, but he hit a rasper of a shot and it bounced off the post. Rafili came down uh, on an attack. Brian McMahon ended up getting a black card. Rafili tagged on two goals. And you'd wonder, had Conor Lawler's no reflection on him, he was like, he did a great game that night. If that ball hits the back of the net, does it change the course of that game? And as a result, do the county champions, you know, after putting Rafili to the sword, gather momentum? And does that one incident followed by maybe the fellow with the black card to Finbar Cabinet and other things and other things happen in other games. But that did feel like a massive moment in that game that and it, it, it possibly has progression in the championship. Is it madness to say that it hung on that particular moment because it was a um you know a, a fourteen man turnaround in, in one sense? Yeah look at it I suspect you know there were other moments that they might look at as well but you know Again, getting back to the conversation about the small margins, you know, little things happen in game. Um, you know, that you know, in that particular game, like Liam Gavin probably had the game of his life. He got two seven, I think, in that one, two four from play. You know, he got those two goals after that uh, particular uh, event. Uh, let's just say, would it have been different if the ball had hit the back of the net? Would Raffili have had even a different approach thereafter? Would they have? to play a different way would that have made a difference in terms of the creation of the chances for the two goals possibly 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 um, but you know the, the big question I suppose would have been had Pal as an example got through to the quarterfinals by, by winning that mm-hmm. we you'd still be talking about Palatine as potential county champions yeah. so this is yeah. this is the mar- this is the margins um, so you know, but Palatine and the players and, and, and the management and everything else are, they'll they'll be quite honest, I suspect, about it. And I think they'll they'll realise um they are where they are solely because of their performances on the field and no other reason. Looking at the other group then, um probably finished ultimately, maybe as as predicted with Tyrell on top of the group, they've gone through on five points. Um Let's remember, Tyrone Island were in the county final last year. Um, they haven't, uh, as the fellow once said, they haven't gone away, you know. Um, the first game, the first day out against Rangers, okay, it was a drawn game, nine points apiece. Um, there was the own point and, and all that. But they've quietly gone about their business since. And um, five points on the board, uh, steadily improving. And absolutely nobody talking about them. It couldn't be. Uh, suiting them better in, in that sense and I suppose we expected them to get over Fenne, maybe not by as, as, as close a margin uh, over the weekend would that be a fair assessment? Um, yeah I think it would but I, I also think that you know and I think we talked about it last week you know, I watched, uh, watched Fenne uh, against Rangers uh, and I know there was uh, you know, a good few points in it in the end um, but there were periods of that game where Fenne you know, we're creating a lot. You know, there were, you know, one or two more, uh, maybe different decisions, maybe in the forward line or whatever. Um, they possibly could have won that game. Um, you know, similarly, I suspect um, the the Tin Ryland um, uh, game also. Like, you know, Tin Ryland, everyone's probably saying are under the radar, and, and to some degree, but you can't really be under the radar if you're in a county final last year. Um, but having said that, I suppose, you know, you see the situation in, in relation to Pal. But, um, you know, would people have been discounting Tin Ryland by virtue of maybe how they got on in the county final last year, you know? Um, I don't know. Um, it's hard to know. It's hard to know with them. I, 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 think, there's, I think there's an element on, an element now, though, at some point of, of, of Tin Ryland needing to produce a senior championship. Yeah. You know, I, I think I think within themselves there might be an element of pressure as well, you know. Uh whatever about what everybody else thinks of. I think um, you know, they're at a stage now where they probably feel they are due one. Um and then, you know, they probably need to deliver something shortly. Yeah. Yeah. I think and that's a reasonable um it's a reasonable comment on them. And I think it's what probably a pressure that they they accept. Um the other uh, game in that group then was Rangers and, and, and Bagnestown. Now, I, I'm I suppose I'm, I'm worried in one sense, uh, considering I've skin in the game in terms of Philly, but um, I haven't seen Bagnestown play yet, and they've been again quietly going about their business. 
Uh, I was surprised that to, to beat that Rangers team by seven points um, is uh, it's, it's an excellent result to have. And I made the comment about a rogue being a very dangerous team going into the next um, going into the quarterfinals, or Lachlan, a very dangerous team going into the quarterfinals. Are there two more dangerous teams in, left in this championship than Bagnestown and Manchester Rangers? No, probably not. I think I think to be fair, Bagnestown probably play a different style than quite a lot of teams. It's mm. you know they they have you know forward line that would on their day possibly rip apart anything uh, if everybody clicks. In fact, in fact, you don't need everybody clicking. You'd even get four out of six on a day. Um, you know you'd be you'd be going fairly well. So. Like Bagnestown over the last maybe eight to ten years, um, you know, we would have seen them progress and they, you know, they're very good underage and progressed up to the ranks. So I probably would have thought they'd actually be further on, maybe last year or the year before, than you know, um it, it was a bit slower coming. Um but having said that, I think they've now got a situation where those young guys that maybe we didn't expect we probably had too much expectation of because they were quite young are now very much matured. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, they should have they should have a big say on it as well. I just think their style of football is nice. It's, it's, it's lovely to watch as well. You know, it's 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 exciting. They're an exciting team. No question about that. Um, would it be an idea, do you think, to put the, the intermediate relegation playoff and the senior uh, relegation playoff as a, as, a, as a double header? Or am I asking for too much there? It'd be a mouthwatering affair to watch those two games back to back. I think it would. Uh, I suppose the thing is, you know, do people go watch relegation finals other than the people who are involved in them? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe, does the neutral go to watch the demise of a particular team or not? I don't think they do. I don't think they do. Having uh, been in one or two, um, it's, it's, they're a lonely spot now, I have to say, and you don't get too many uh, new neutrals going to them but having said that the two teams in them treat them like any other final because you have to because the consequences of losing are you know dramatic enough uh, and then of course the consequences of uh, listening to everyone telling you you know uh, why you lost uh, is probably even worse because you, you you have so long a period of time to turn it around it's different losing for instance as an example it's different losing say an intermediate final you can rectify that. You can start rectifying that within within the twelve months. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, if you've you know been in a relegation piece, in order to get back to where you are uh, were previously, uh, you know it takes a lot longer because you have to go through yeah. the, the lower division. Uh, so the so the consequences are are probably more significant in that regard. Um, would I love to see the two games together? Of course. Would you? Yes. Would other? Possibly not. Possibly not. Would you give um? And I, I'm I'm being facetious here. Do you give Fenna a prayer in that relegation game with Pal? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they've enough. Uh, they've enough youth. I think they've enough. Um, they've enough skill. They've enough good ball players that again, if manage just to lift their performance by 20 percent over what they've done so far, and again. If they click to some degree, and again, been a little bit more economical, let's just say, with the with their possession uh, and making a few sort of more right decisions um, in the forward line, um, yeah, I think I think I think I would give them a prayer. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, to finish off with that group, then I suppose the really interesting part of it was the drawing game really uh, threw it open to all the different possibilities. Um, I suppose in the end, a little bit of the the expectations were realised and results went somewhat as as expected. But the way it finishes now, Tinnerland are obviously straight through to a semi final uh, with Rafili on the other side. Uh, Bagnallstown will now play Old Lachlan. And a rogue play Mountainster Rangers in two quarterfinals, and people who are listening or watching might say he's not saying that again, is he? But what kind of a person would person would you want to be to try and part up money on backing anyone in any in any of those games? Oh, I think it's I think it, I think both of them games are almost a 50-50 game. You know, possibly 
people would may not have, may not consider the Rogue Rangers game a 50-50 game. Um, I wouldn't be one of those people. You know, Rangers are very very capable. Um, I think the Bagnestown or Lachlan game for me would be the one if it was in two different venues. Uh, that'd be the one. That'd be the one I'd want to go to. Um, I just think that'll be that'll be uh, that'll be the pick of the two. Um, but no, I, I think it's a very very difficult call. Um, both both games. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you once again. Not sure if Kevin will give us the gig again uh, next week. Just to mention uh, the sponsors uh, really briefly, uh, massive thanks to the Arboretum, uh, Carlo Electrical Services, PFT Travel, uh, Scats Bouncing Castles, Condi's Top Line, J&J Services, Milano's, Seamus Burn Electrical, Ray Wheel Unlimited, Talbot Fitness and Earth Spaz. Uh, Fisher, it's been a, a pleasure. Hopefully, uh, Kevin is uh, on the mend and he'll be back uh, next week. And uh, you never know. He may bring you back. Yeah, we'll uh, tell Kevin the, the grapes and Lucas said are on their way. <laughs> Great stuff. Thanks a bit, Fisher. Cheers, Ed. Talk to you. All the best. Bye now.